Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old-fashioned chat. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with Sate Corporate Training. A huge thank you to Craig Hass and his team for their ongoing support of the Collisions YYC podcast. 40% of people globally are considering leaving their employer before the end of the year, according to a 2021 survey conducted by Microsoft. Whether you're a senior leader, a manager, or an individual contributor, hearing that stat for the first time, it's going to get your attention. For me, aside from freaking me out a little bit, the first question I had to ask myself is why? Well, let's be honest. It's been 18 months of the pandemic, and many of us are left unfulfilled and looking for change. This may be tied to lack of perceived advancement in your careers over the past year, or by organizations being in survival mode versus growth mode, or simply being, quote unquote, locked in our houses for the last 18 months. We're looking for something different, and we're look, more importantly, we're looking for change. No matter what the reason, I think we're about to turn the corner to what is going to be the greatest economic opportunity of the past century. Are we ready? Since its founding in our province over 100 years ago, SAIT has been at the leading edge of what our citizens and companies need to be competitive locally and on the global stage. To find out more what they can do for you as an individual or as an organization, check them out at sate.ca slash corporate training. Or better yet, open up your email and contact Craig Hess directly, craig.hess, H-E-S-S, at sate.ca. He'd love to chat with you, walk you through your needs, and more importantly, how they can help. Hello and a warm collisions YYC. Welcome to uh, my longtime friend, Mr. Jeff Robson. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm I'm really good, Tyler. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. Long time, long time no chat. It's good to uh, good to have you on the show. You and I probably met I don't know ten years ago. It's Calgary, small town, and then every once in a while we circle back and uh, touch base. So I'm really looking forward to this chat today. And let's set the stage for the audience. You are the president and CEO at Veda Capital. So for anyone who doesn't uh, isn't familiar, maybe give us the quick little elevator on what Veda is all about. Yeah, so Veda Capital is a small family office. Um, you know, we've been at this now, oh, geez, 21, 20, 20 21 years. Nice. Um, you know, we you know, started off investing in, uh, you know, distressed turnarounds and, and then, you know, through that, you know, some commercial real estate. Then, uh, you know, we've done uh, some other smaller, you know, private equity type, you know, transactions. We've done... Uh, you know, in the last four or five years, we've done some really cool venture cap type uh, fi- funding. And uh, so it's been really, it's been awesome. We've met just a crazy amount of awesome people along the way and and maybe some that aren't so awesome. And then, uh, you know, um, it's, 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 it's been good. It's been a, it's been a great ride. You meet, yes. You meet, you meet all, you meet all kinds on, on the journey. It's maybe part of, you know, part of this series that we're doing is really helping people understand and on both sides, investors and also companies that are looking for funding, all of the different vehicles and kind of the landscape. Cause you know, it's so easy to throw around some of these, you know, pre-seed and series A and series B and venture cap and even family office. So maybe just to set the stage a little bit, because I imagine family offices come in all kinds of shapes and sizes. So in your guys' case, was this, you know, going back, because I know your, your dad was the founder, was this kind of a high net worth situation where you guys then started a family office specifically to then start investing? And just maybe to help kind of people define when they hear the word family office, maybe gets thrown around a little bit, what always isn't a definition of kind of what parameters it fits inside. Yeah, uh, you know, I think it's a it's a combination of all those things, Tyler. It's a combination of my dad had a you know a, a great amount of success, and then you know when we started talking as a family around you know what what do we want to see as a legacy uh, you know in the future, and and you know, we wanted to preserve some of those um, you know I think founding principles that my dad you know found to be so successful, and and we wanted to preserve those so. 
you know, we wanted to, you know, repeat it. So how do we, you know, how do we preserve them? How do we repeat it? Uh, my dad was really big on, you know, how do we, how do we, you know, take what the, I guess the life lessons we've learned along the way that got to this piece and, and how do we duplicate those things? So, you know, I think that's kind of the mantra in which we kind of operate every day is, you know, we want to be very consistent. We want to be, you know, we don't want to be everything to everybody. You just, you're, you, you know, we're not for everybody. Um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're a very disciplined group around how we do things. And, and, uh, and, and we think that adds a lot of value. Uh, we think that discipline around financial processes and forecasting and, and looking forward really does add a lot of value. And, the people that, that that latch on to this and 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 see, and everybody resents it at the beginning because you know uh, they, <laughs> I, they, they, I like that that's an honest statement right there. <laughs> yeah, like like you know it, that's a that's a me statement. Um, they resent <laughs> it at the beginning because um, nobody wants to know if there's a blemish or a wart. Nobody wants to that to be exploited, right? So um, you know people say, well. You know, they get all embarrassed, or I spent too much money on 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 marketing, or I they spent too much I, money I on. Don't, well, that's another that's another podcast, Jeff, for another day. But <laughs> you know, but they've spent too much money on on maybe food and entertainment, or they didn't do this, or it wasn't disciplined enough, or you know, why did I do that? Right? You know, I bought some capital thing that you know was a mistake, or you know, and I think the the, the one thing about it is don't don't beat yourself up over making mistakes it's what do you learn from those mistakes and how do we move that going forward so you know i think you know the but it's a, you know nobody nobody wants you to walk up to your car open the hood look under the kimono and go oh geez there's uh you know why do you have you know the that leaky spark plug or why do you have you know and and so once people are over that and they go, oh man, now that you know that's all out of out in the open and that that level of transparency is going, then you start to focus on the fun part, which is the fun part is now that we know what we know, how do we apply that to go go forward, right? And how do we make this, you know, uh, how do how do we start to shape the business in a way that you want it to be shaped and. And we're not there to tell you how to do it. We're there to guide you along the way and, and then poke and ask questions. And so I think those are the, I think that's the fun part of being in business every day is, is the curiosity, the curiosity of, you know, what makes your business tick or, or if we change this, could that be a little bit better? Or, or, you know, where, where do you see the real growth value? And, you know, we've made mistakes, lots of them. Um, and, and anybody that's been in business, we, if they've said they haven't made any mistakes, Ball face liar. Um, you know, we we've all made mistakes. We've made judgments that are wrong, but you know, it's trying not to labor on those and, and say, hey, what did I learn from that experience, and how do I move forward? And I think that's what you know. That's what's made this journey so much fun. Mm, I appreciate that. So we're really understanding kind of the different ways in which investors can invest, but also companies can take in money. You guys aren't just putting money in and stepping back and hoping it works out. This is a very hands-on when it comes to like there's so many different types of investors. And I've heard that in Alberta where, yeah, yeah, you can find money, but ah, I need somebody with who's stepped on the landmines that I'm going to step on. And that mentorship and that level of support, because being a startup, there's you mean you, you need almost everything. You don't just need and I should be clarified, you guys don't just invest in startups. What's a kind of a profile of a business aside from somebody who really wants to have you help them and be involved? Is there a certain type? or size or what's kind of the specificity in terms of what you guys look for in terms of opportunities? 
Well, I'd like to say there's no specific size. Um, you know, every every business um, is so different. They're unique. The ownership structure is different. The you know everything is always so unique, right? So to take the time to learn about their business and you know I think there's uh, you hit it on the head a few minutes ago when you talked about like there's so many so many uh, mediums for for bringing money into your business and and you know you, do we have some passive investments where we're not hands on? Hundred percent we do. Okay. Yeah, you know those are. You know, businesses that have went out and raised sixty million dollars. Obviously, that's not probably our, you know going to be our hands on. You know, we're going to be a, you know, it maybe still be a private company, but we'll be obviously a small fish in a bigger ocean. Okay. Um, okay. But there's there's situations that, you know, we've been involved in a few startups, and uh, you know, we uh, you try and you try and help them through those landmines that you spoke of, and then say. Hey, here, here's some things I've seen that have worked in the past, especially in the in the really high growth start in startups where you know you really need a lot of capital, mm-hmm. maybe capital intensive, and you know all of a sudden you know people get pretty weirded out, um, especially these you know entrepreneurs that have you know created something that I you know that somebody somewhere along the way said this has had a lot of value, but but they don't do anything yet, and that's a those are tough ones. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a great idea. And and I've seen those and I've invested in some of those. So I go, yeah, that is a great idea, but but it's not going anywhere yet. And, <laughs> and I think that's, you know, that's, those are the, I find the most difficult because somebody somewhere along the way has told them this thing is, you know, it's like, uh, um, you'll know the movie that I'm talking about, but you know the guy goes, "Oh, one million dollars." Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Doctor uh, Evil. I think um, I think you're, that was your that, that was your okay. Well, we we can work on that Doctor Evil invitation, but <laughs> you did you you dated you dated us, Jeff. A certain group knew what we we're talking about. A certain group doesn't. So you know now that now that the, <laughs> they've set a stage that that says you know the, this this idea is worth millions and or billions or whatever the number is yeah, right? and, yeah. the, and the now, over the over the overvaluation <laughs> and and you see it time and time again so the you know we started a business a couple three years ago uh, in a, in, a, in a space that you know I, I had a lot of comfort in but i wouldn't have said it was a space i had a high expertise in um but i was the main single investor until we did kind of i would say you know a very moderate and modest uh, equity raise. And, you know, it was interesting when I went out and I helped the management group pitch it, um, obviously, because I was the biggest investor at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, really looked to just, you know, one, I, I would be a great opportunity to bring some other people in and share in the, in the, in the experience. And, uh, and then two, you know, they said, well, you know, what did you put your money in? I, I said, well, I put a buck's a buck to me. Like I, I put it in at a buck and then we're raising it a buck, right? Well, like everybody was shocked. Like, well, you know, that's not kind of how these things go, right? Like, well, if you put it in at a buck, uh, well, you know, I had no problem. I, 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 you know, we closed $6 million in three days. Like there was no, it was no, it was easy, right? Because a buck was a buck. And, but nowadays it's, well, the original guys put it in a buck, and now it's two bucks or three bucks. And well, you still haven't done anything. Um, well, what constitutes you know, that it, increase it, in valuation? Mm-hmm. Right. So the passage the passage of time doesn't immediately mean it should be worth more. Is what I'm hearing you say. <laughs> right, and 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 just because you know, just because 
somebody somewhere said it's worth lots doesn't mean anything. So we, I think one of the benefits that we had in that situation was we actually went to the big four accounting firms and said, if I had a business like this in this space, what would be, how would you value it? Um, at, at, let's say we've grown it now to a certain size. How would you value it at exit? And then we, we use that to backtrack to say, if we were going to go out and pitch this to somebody, it's a great idea. Um, how would, you know, obviously the next round, if we raise, um, and I think we will have one more probably in the next year, but, you know, if we were going to go raise and we'd say, Hey, like this is still a very modest, we want, we want the, like, I would love nothing more one for me to win, but two for all the other investors that are coming in. So maybe they were uncomfortable with it at the earlier stages, but now it's, you know, now we're three or four years in, we've got great revenue, we've got a big, you know, things have gone the way that they're supposed to do. We've, we've done everything we said we were going to do. And that's the other key is, you know, deliver, like deliver. Like if you say you're going to do something, you got to deliver. So, um, and that's where I, I think the value becomes a lot better. So that's kind of one example. I think another example is um, lots of people are out there. Um, there's tons and tons of, of investors out there right now that are doing, well, I'll put a little bit in here and a little bit in there. And, and they do, they'll do do hundreds of investments. Um, I, that's not my style. I don't like that. Um, so the, uh, you know, I don't, I'm sure it works great for, for those people. But what I like about the start of that theory was that, that put a little bit in at the start, but then everything's based on milestones. So then I would put more in based on milestones and, you know, so like there is, you know, there's some real merit in that so that you're, you're actually living up to, you know, what you said you were going to do. And also, you know, there is, I've had a few guests come on. I'm curious your position that there is that gap in Alberta when it comes to that really early stage, the pre-seed, you know, kind of that angel family round where you, you know, a lot of the headlines you see in the news are, oh, X amount of millions and millions of dollars raised in Alberta. But when you back it away, there's only a handful of companies that are actually participating in that. And that mindset of, if we're going to create this critical mass and like really build that big base at the, you know, the bottom of the pyramid always gets smaller. But if we're going to put a thousand companies at that base, we've got to have more access to that early stage capital. And I've had a few uh, guests on, they're like, that's kind of a challenge here. And they're talking about different ways to do it. And, you know, if we're going to really get this kind of, grow up into this being more of a, of a startup ecosystem than we've been in the past, that we need a lot more money at those early stages, smaller amounts more often. But I'm, what I'm hearing from you is, yeah, that's fine, but that, there has to be a lot of discipline as well with that money and the companies it goes to, or else it just becomes a whole lot of money flowing around, not necessarily having impact. Yep. No, I think that's a, that's a great point. Yep. And in the, so curious, and you guys, you've been in this game for a while. Um, How's it evolved over the last five years? Even I'm just picking five years, maybe eight years. Obviously, things economically changed in our province from a resource sector standpoint. And we've got this new kind of tech ecosystem or startup ecosystem or, you know, ecosystem, the buzzword of the last couple, couple of years. So how have, what have you seen in terms of the landscape change? Is there more opportunities, more deal flow? Is like, what, what's your viewpoint from 10 years ago to even, you know, last year? <laughs> Pre and post COVID is another time frame we need to talk about, but let's just start broad strokes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a lot more buzz about it. Um, you know, the <clears throat> university um, program, um, Creative Destructive Labs, you know, was was pretty good. I was part of that at the, you know, in the in the first, you know, I helped sponsor that for the first couple, two or three years that it was in Calgary, and you know, because I, you know, I still believe um, whether I like the, the 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 concept or not, I, I still believe. Um, 
there's uh, there's some really great people in the city that are very creative, and Calgary's proven to be resilient over all these years. <clears throat> and you know, I, I yeah, I think there's it's a, it's a great home. It, like you know, they have the A100 now. They have Alberta Adventure. You know, the Alberta Ventures. They, you know, so. The CBL was was really great. It exposed you to lots of different ideas, and they were early stage. Um, they are just ideas, and yeah, so much those, so are, ideas. those are all pre revenue, right? At that stage when they're pitching there, like way way pre way way pre revenue. <laughs> yeah, they're they're not only mostly. I would say almost you know when the high ninety percentile would be pre revenue, they would be even pre working prototypes, right? Like they would okay, be just so not even a, not even. A- yeah, they're they're just just ideas at that stage, and and so, you know, I mean, obviously there's some good ones, and there and there's some some others, but uh, the you know there's, um, you know, I, I think the process, you know, it was a, it was a way to, kind of, you know, create a process around startups, which I think was is exciting. You know, we've obviously, if you look at the who's who in Calgary of whether it's family offices or, or other, you know, um, CBL had a great following and probably still does. Um, they have many new streams, but, you know, I also think that, you know, that could get to a dilutive factor as well. I mean, there's just probably not as many good ideas coming around and, you know, would you rather see, you know, 200 ideas or 20 really good ones? Um, and that's, that's kind of where I, 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 you know, I think the fatigue factor of, you know, trying to process whether this is going to be a good idea or not, and not, and not being a technology a technology expert myself, and go, hey, you know, that sounds logical, it seems reasonable, but then you know, I think it gets so diluted that you go, okay, now I've, you know, I'm sitting wasting, uh, yeah, on a podcast I'll say wasting, wasting <laughs> day, days on end, sitting pro trying to process whether these are things, and and I think that the, there's. There's better ways to uh, to try and skin that cat. It's an interesting point. Sitting there, get, you know, in ten slides or less, getting hammered with ten ideas in an hour or, or in a couple hours, and you know, not being from your you know your network. Obviously, the people that you interact with. Is there any challenge in Alberta for the fact that? And you said it, and I would put myself in that same category. I'm not a technology expert. I can't look at an idea in ten slides that some emerging technology. And besides, like that makes sense in my mind in the moment to know whether it's actually commercially viable. Like. And maybe that's challenging everywhere, but I've also heard that, you know, because Alberta, we've been very technologically innovative, but it's always been more so like reserved into the the resource sector. And we had a lot of innovation. I don't ever want to make it sound like that sector has not been innovative because it has, but now technology is just like snowballing over everything is uh, with the, you know, even the groups that you interact with that are looking to invest. Is that part of the challenge as well? Just not having enough skills to discern what's a good opportunity and what's a, let's be honest, just a cool idea. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, you know, I think. Well, I mean, it's one of the things that keeps the economy going, right? So, if somebody goes, "Oh man, it's a really cool idea." They put a few bucks into it. You know, that's paying somebody salaries. Like, there's, it, it is stimulating the economy, whether we believe it or not, right? So the, you know, the, you know, it's a matter of how, how do you how do you take that and apply it to to something that actually makes some sense, and then go. Here's a, here's not only a great idea, but here's here's actually a group of people that can actually execute on that idea. So, yeah, right. I think that's been one of the big pushes around the resource sectors, technology plays, and and people looking for, you know, um, whether it's you know, 
uh, AI drilling rigs or it's, uh, you know, um, you know, there's a, there's a, a company out there called advanced upstream that is, you know, doing some really cool things on, uh, on, on downhole, um, you know, downhole technology around, you know, um, frack and completion. So it's, you know, they're being able to send, you know, uh, darts down and, uh, you know, certain amount of sleeves and, and into a, a frack and being able to stop it on a dime at, at, after so many at a certain feet and and then it opens and they that's where they perf and they, it, it, there's really cool technologies around what's happening in in that front that mm. you know i think people are you know they swung too far to the one way for a while they were going oh we gotta go you know, we got to be the, you know, Calgary's got to be a tech hub. Well, yeah, I agree. Like, but we already were a tech hub. Like people are going, people are going, you know, if you look at what's happened in, uh, you know, why did, uh, why did the Permium in, in, in Texas, why did it in, in the, in, why did that take off? Well, it took off because of technologies that were developed in Canada by service companies that then you went and applied those same things you know, in different formations and had enormous success. And you go, well, that was really great. Except now they're using, you know, we're selling less oil. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? like, absolutely. You kind of <laughs> kick yourself in the teeth after a while. But, you know, it, it is what it is. But, you know, people are going, man, you know, Calgary really needs to be this technology hub. I'm like, man, I don't know. Go drive around in Barlow Trail down by the Deerford Inn and Casino. Like, Tricon has their own research and center. Yeah. Um, like, there's... And th- those aren't new. Those aren't things aren't new. I mean, I remember my dad had a seismic company years ago, and we had a whole department of people that worked on R&D initiatives. And, hmm. yeah, like, how do we use the best manpower to do this? How do we do this? Like, I, I, there was so many really cool ideas. So I, I don't find that it's, you know, that Calgary hasn't been progressive in terms of how we think about things. I've had a few guests come on and say, Hey, listen, like this, this Calgary not being innovative storyline, like that's bullshit. Like just let's push, push that aside. That's not true. It wasn't in the mainstream and it wasn't, it didn't maybe get the media, but it certainly doesn't mean it wasn't, it wasn't going on. And you know, how do you, then also how do you take some of those individuals now and allow them to apply some of their skills into, into other sectors and you know, that talent gap. And we've got an incredibly highly educated, highly skilled workforce that maybe just doesn't have a couple of the check boxes to move into this other technology, but it doesn't mean they don't have 20 years experience figuring out complex problems. And I, I think that gets underestimated here personally. I like money and talent, two biggest, two biggest, you know, grist for the mill that we need going forward, no matter where your economy is. <laughs> Yeah, you know, a couple of years ago, I had an opportunity to go to Palo Alto, and uh, and during that trip, we we got to uh, we got to visit Apple, and we got to visit uh, um, Tesla, and uh, see the factory, and 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 actually get a really cool tour at Apple, which was fascinating. That would be um, very cool. I'm a little bit cool. jealous. I would like to check that out. I've walked around the campus at Google and Apple. Like when you go down there, it's just kind of experience when it's the companies that literally are in every aspect of your life and they're just real companies too. They're, they're real buildings and real people. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think one of our speakers at a dinner one night was, uh, you know, the guy that took, uh, that created the Apple store. So, um, you know, he was telling us about, well, you know, Steve Jobs said, you know, it, you know, could we actually do a bricks and mortar piece of, of Apple? And, uh, and he, you know, 
he said, would, 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 or could we deliver on that experience? And, and you know what, although there's a serious amount of technology behind Apple and, and what they've been able to do from a, from a overarching platform, I, I found that, that, that talk was probably the most, you know, it was mundane in terms of, oh, it was just bricks and mortar at, at, a, at a shopping mall, but but what he talked about was the business aspect around behind that and, and why and why Apple was so good and why the stores created such this buzz and how they created that buzz. And, you know, I'm like, there's nothing technology driven about that buzz. <laughs> yeah, they're selling a lot of technology, but there wasn't anything technology driven about that buzz. It was how do we create a situation where people want to come and, uh, and buy our products, and 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 really yearn yearn for that that technology, but they're not. They get still a bricks and mortar play, which was I thought fascinating. Bring it back to the. It, it's it kind of ties into something you were talking about a little bit in the oil and gas sector. I've run into a little bit where there's a bit of a movement with some investors in town. What I've heard, I've heard people should say, especially people that were raising money. The second you have a piece of hardware in your play and it's not just a pure software play, there's like a half your investors will get up and kind of leave the room. But yet this is a province where we do big projects and we do big things with equipment and with technology and downhole tools and membranes for clean tech. And, but I've, so from your perspective, do you see, or I guess, is it this new group of investor that's looking for that, that hundred X or 10 X or 20 X play that seems to be real relevant in the SaaS world. And do you see any, is, are people scared to invest where there is hardware required or have you encountered that at all? Obviously somebody who's been invested in, I know some of your companies, one being rail repair, you can't get much more heavy iron than that <laughs> when it comes to capital and, and just big, 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 big stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think, I mean, these things I kind of all go in, in phases, right? Where <laughs> they do, Oh, you know, um, like, you know, we were invested in a, you know, a SaaS business a few years back. And, and, and I remember when the CEO of the business, you know, the, and I turned that, 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 that investment down about three times before I finally gave in. Um, <laughs> well, one, you know, they have revenue, but never made any money. Um, two, um, you know, it was all about trying to get to a metric to solve, to, to make somebody else you know, to make somebody else happy, which I, I always found to be really interesting. Mm, um, that's a, that's a, there's a lot, that's a whole podcast, I think right there. And that insight. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, when I was probably the only non-technology guy on the board, right. So, you know, so when we got to a size, you know, a size where, you know, our, our metrics now were appealing for somebody and we, you know, we sold, um, you know, you could look back at that situation and go, well, one, maybe we sold too early because um, we could have got maybe bigger multiples on our, but, you know, and and I think there was a part of our board that was really, you know, and maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, I certainly got a sense that there was a part of our board that said, no, 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 this isn't the right time. Like, you know, and and I'm going, okay, well, just from, just from a high level business perspective, we have somebody that's willing to pay us a multiple on our on our uh, monthly recurring revenue. We don't make any money. <laughs> like cash flow is is is, is and, and positive cash flow isn't on our horizon for some period of time. And and you're you're going to tell me that you wouldn't be interested in in making you know three or four times your investment at this juncture? I said I think you're all nuts. <laughs> like, like I would take that money and run like run to the hills. Right. And, 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 uh, 
I said, because this stuff just doesn't make sense to me. I, and I, 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 I understand how it works. I'm, you know, I, I get it completely. Um, their scale in terms of, you know, bigger SaaS companies coming in and buying these things and applying them to way more users. I, I, like I get it, but then I, I just don't know how you don't take bird in hand and run. <laughs> And it, are we, and this is now we're, we're getting crystal ball here a little bit. You know, you, I wasn't, I wasn't actively in business back in 2000, but we all remember the dot-com boom and everyone bought on hopes and dreams. It starts to feel sometimes like very quickly, if you look at, you know, even last year, some, some certain stocks, very popular ones that have just skyrocketed, not based on a lot of reality. Sometimes it feels like, and I've heard it said, no, no, it's not going to be like that. It's totally different this time. But I don't know. We do have a history of repeating ourselves, don't we? As, as just humans and business people, as humans in general. So I don't know. Any thoughts on, you've entered a couple of times at this, this cause and effect over evaluation kind of situation. You said it a few different ways, but it feels like we're getting really caught up in the hopes and dreams part of where we find value versus like real business acumen like or just business fundamentals. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll, I'll give you a, a, a classic example. There was a company, um, you know, uh, that, that got a lot of hype here in the last few years called bridging financing. And, you know, they're, they're growing at a pace that was probably not, not, not sustainable. And, you know, next thing you know, you know, the thing crashes. Um, it's a publicly traded company. The thing crashes because, you know, now the two chief execs are finding themselves with handcuffs on them. And, and uh, you know, you know, it's too good to be true, right? So it's, you know, how many times have we seen, how many times do we need to get bitten with too good to be true? And, uh, you know, so many times it's all about the hype. It's about, you know, it's not about the fundamental. It's about the hype. It's, and that's where, you know, I guess maybe I'm too traditionalist, but, you know, go back to the monthly recurring revenue piece and go, Hey, like somebody's willing to pay us uh, a number that under any natural circumstance of any other business metrics doesn't make sense, we should take it. <laughs> it is amazing how that hype story can can be used very quickly to rationalize your way out of just solid business fundamentals, right? <laughs> like at the end of the day, accounting principles, positive cash flow, like these aren't overly complex terms, but the hype and, well, hey, you don't have to go far in the bookstore for anyone who goes to the bookstore these days to find rows and rows of books on the emotional side of how humans interact with money and investing. It's not a healthy relationship historically. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, uh, that, that adrenaline rush is no different than you get at the, po at the poker table at the, or the blackjack table, right? Like, you know, there's an emotional rush to it. That's why people do it. Like it's uh, it, you know, they get a kick out of it. It, it creates endorphins. It like, there's, there, there's things that people, you know, it's why it becomes addictive. Right. So it's, um, you know, this is no different. It's, uh, you know, people are chasing that, you know, you said it before the 10 times, hundred times, like people are chasing that, that addiction and, you know, to find them, you know, I, I always, you know, kind of always roll back in my mind, you know, one of the things, one, one of my dad's Davisms was always, you know, if you run a great business, people will find you and they'll want to buy your business. If you run a shitty business, Nobody wants to find you. Like they won't even come looking for you, right? So, like it's pretty pretty easy to go. Like, let, like let's keep our stick on the ice. Let's do what's let's do the right things. Um, you know, the adage of hockey coaches on on hockey night in Canada go. Well, you got to keep playing the right way, and you got to you know, like the, those boring cliches. You got to get the puck deep. You got to put pressure on. It. Like, like 
those don't change. It's all still true. Yeah, it's all true. Those things are all still true today and they win hockey games and it's no different than business. It's the same fundamentals win business. And, and you don't have to have the best idea, but you gotta, you gotta have, you gotta still have the right discipline and the right way of approaching it. And back to the, back to the execution side. Any, any thoughts? And again, I've had some guests on, so I'm, I'm a classic repeat what I hear and get different viewpoints on it where, you know, this democratization of access to private equity and the ability for the everyday investor to, you know, quote unquote, invest in their neighbor. And obviously there's a lot of checks and measures in place from a securities commission's perspective to keep people, you know, arguably safe. But I've had a few guests on talking about, you know, syndicating funds and finding like creating vehicles allowing for more of the everyday individual to kind of take part in this, even if it's a small percentage. And to me, I, there's, I have two sides. I have two feelings about that. I think, yeah, you know, private equity and venture capital, like they're these black boxes that sit over here and like, oh, there's a group that makes all the money and then the rest of the people are excluded from it. But then there's the gambling analogy that you brought in, which I think is really accurate of sometimes these checks and measures are put in place because you don't have the skills. You don't maybe have the financial, I'll just call it financial maturity to not get caught up in that adrenaline cycle. And, and it's pretty addicting as humans. Like it's in there for a reason, you know, trigger pleasure response and gets us to do things. Kind of your views on is, are we democratizing in a way, whether it's Wealth Simple or Robin Hood in the US or, you know, other vehicles around private equity to allow the everyday, the quote unquote everyday man, whatever that, or woman, whatever that is, to kind of get involved? Or is it also maybe a bit of a risky game if we start opening that up and giving people the real opportunity to real to lose real money real fast? <laughs> you know, it's kind of interesting. I kind of always migrate to things I know, right? So, um, you know, I would call myself a savvy investor and in things I know, <laughs> and, a, and, a, and, a, and an ignorant and an ignorant investor in things I don't know. So, you know, if there's things that I want to invest in that I I feel very comfortable with, you know, let's say there's somebody else that has a um, somebody else that has an expertise in uh, let's use oil and gas as a, as a, as a, as a you know, oil and gas proper is not my expertise, but, um, you know, I've invested in lots of funds, uh, private equity funds that are experts in oil and gas. So, um, you know, if, if I want to have that exposure, um, but I don't have the expertise, I think that's, that's a great way to go about it. As long as those people are reputable in the way they go about it. I mean, I think that's, that's the key. Um, and then, you know, there's been a lot more talk chatter in the last few years about syndications and, you know, syndicating deals and, you know, the, you know, where you see people get into trouble is, you know, I have a really good friend. He's, 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 you know, he's, I think he's brilliant at what he does for, for, a, for a job. Right. And he, he trades, um, you know, um, power generation iron and with vigor and, uh, and he knows the space he's, he's been in it for a long time. And, you know, he says, yeah, every time I try and think about taking a foray into something that I, you know, haven't been involved in or I don't know that much about, and I just get a painful lesson every time. And I go, yeah, like, I, I, I feel that too, right? Like, I go, you know, here's the things I feel comfortable in. These are the things I think I can help people with. And these are things I can't. So if you're looking for this, I can't help you. But um, so, yeah, and I think... You know, one one of the fun parts about our job is we get to learn lots about different businesses. I think that's that that's the key. And and uh, but you know, it's been kind of learning about different businesses for twenty one years. So 
and not to say that the, my, my life prior to that wasn't learning about businesses as well. So, um, you know, I think how do you structure deals that are good for everybody? How do you make things that are fair? How do you, how do you create incentives that are aligned with management groups? And, you know, there's, there's lots of ways to go about things, but I would say, you know, same old adage, keep it simple. Keep investing things that you know about, invest in things you feel comfortable about, invest in things you're passionate about, um, and and your your likelihood to, for success is going to be a lot higher. And align yourself with people with expertise and track record that also do business in a way that you that you respect and and that, that meet your values. Because sooner or later, it still comes down to whether values are aligned or misaligned. Right? We're we're still humans having a messy often often a messy experience. <laughs> yeah, and unwinding un, unwinding unpleasant experiences are really not. Not the most fun you could have with your clothes on, really. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. Sometimes the things feels like things come together really quickly, but when you when it when you've ever had the experience of having to take something apart, it's painful for a reason. So you so you remember and think twice about it next time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, for you guys, from a deal flow perspective, have you seen a big shift even through COVID or you know last couple of years? You're out. You've been doing this for a long time. You have a great you have a very positive reputation around town. Is deal flow an issue for you guys? I say issue. Do you have access to, to a constant stream of companies to be able to look at and opportunities to examine? Or are you kind of also hunting and farming that? All? Is that just a real active part of, of your business as well? Yeah, I'd say we do less hunting and farming these days. We probably do more, uh, you know, I, I would say we probably do, you know, we, we have obviously get, you know, get deal flow from a number of different sources. Um, you know, whether it's just somebody that's run across a deal and goes, hey, I think this could be a fit for you because I know you do this sort of thing. Um, you know, we get a lot more of that lately, probably, I would say, kind of through friend network, um, friend and, okay. and, and business acquaintance network. Um, you know, there's still, you know, there's still the advisory groups out there that'll, uh, you know, the smaller banking groups, et cetera, that will, you know, float a deal by you, you know, but typically... You know, those guys are looking for big numbers and, and we want that small to medium size type business. Um, that seems to be where we really like to, to, that's where we think we can add the most value. It's not just about the check, but it, where we think we can add the most value. And then, um, yeah, no, I, I mean, has deal flow slowed? 100% it has. But, but then on the flip side of that, um, I'd say the amount of people that want to, you know, connect video through virtually um, as, as ramped up so significantly. So, you know, although I, I would say there's, there's probably people I haven't talked to in 15 years and, you know, I'm talking to them now because I can do it virtually and I don't have to travel anywhere. And so, you know, I spent this morning on a call with some guys from Montreal and Toronto and, and, you know, talking about some deals and deal flow. And, and so this virtual situation has created a little bit more, I'd say ease of business in terms of, you know, being able to be a little bit broader and uh, yeah. So I, I think it's quite good. Interesting. I was curious, just do you guys invest mainly Western Canada? You guys look everywhere in North America. If you look at your portfolio, what portion of it is, you know, I guess based or companies that would be based here, which I know to your point about virtual saying where a company's based is starting to become almost a moot point now, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think uh, we're heavily focused in the West. Obviously, um, you know we have some investments in the U.S. Um, you know, so I think that's uh, th those have created new challenges that we didn't anticipate when we made those investments. Um, um, so, 
you know, like I said, trying to be more virtual, trying to be more, um, more plugged in in terms of what's happening around what they're doing. And, 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 uh, yeah. And then, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, definitely heavily, you know, heavily, uh, Western Canada based for sure. In terms of your, you know, the, 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 the proverbial crystal ball, how are you seeing things in Alberta? Are we heading in a, in a positive direction? And again, I'm overly bullish on Western Canada, but I also want to talk about reality. So just thinking about kind of what you're seeing and in, in, in the road ahead, and obviously, you know, resource price, oil prices have stabilized, which puts a real nice underpinning under everything. But it feels like we've also got this momentum around diversification, which I know is another buzzword in Calgary right now, where it feels like there's more irons in the fire, but it does feel nice that the resource sector has a little bit more of a floor under it right now. Anyways, I don't know how long, or again, my crystal ball is, 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 is cloudy at best, but kind of when you look at the road ahead for Alberta, what's your, you know, what are, what are your thoughts aside from, are you optimistic? And if so, like kind of what are the key things that are, that are helping with that for you? Yeah, I think I'm crazy optimistic. I think it's a, it's, you know, we're, our natural resources and the need for those are going nowhere anytime soon. Um, you know, I, you know, do I believe that there's a big push from the automotive groups to, to go to electricity? And does that put, um, does that change things for us? Um, I don't know that the automobiles would be the, the, the biggest consumer of, of resources that people believe that to be. And, um, so, you know, there's so many more other, you know, so many factors, right? I mean, we're about to see, you know, the biggest heat wave uh, Calgary scene in, in quite some time, you know, it puts great pressure on, uh, on, uh, our natural grass. I mean, we oil prices stabilizing is great, but man, it'd be great to see some natural gas pricing, uh, come back. You want to talk about make this economy go nuts again, uh, Get, get natural gas back up to seven or eight bucks. Like this, this place would go berserk. <clears throat> and so, you know, I think that there's a you know, re reality to do that. And, and like I said, I, I, I'm super impressed with the community here around how they've rebounded in terms of you know, crazy new technologies that are helping. Obviously, you know, there's, I, I think the biggest reason that we're going to see prices stabilize and, and, and hold true is going to be because there's not as many jobs. I think yeah. people have realized they can do more with less. Um, yeah. You know, uh, <clears throat> you know, Husky just uh, you know did a deal with um, Synovus, and you know to see that you know the the thousands of jobs that just got eliminated um, can all those same jobs get done with less people? Hundred percent, they can. Um, mm -hmm. Are we going to see probably some more of that? Probably. You know, where are all those people going to go? They may go somewhere else, um, so that'll that'll be interesting to see. But all the indicators are, are telling us that that we're still living in a very hot economy. Like housing yeah. prices has gone through the roof. Resource prices have created a little bit of that, but the demand is still high. People yeah. are still building when it doesn't make any sense. So, <laughs> like, so that's still crazy. Um, you know, if you go. If you go just over the Rocky Mountains to to the interior of British Columbia, follow down all down Highway 97, whether it's uh, you know the Shushwap all the way down to Asoyos through Kelowna, Penticton. I mean, real estate prices have gone absolutely insane. Yeah, so, it's, it's it's on fire out there right now. Sorry, that's, so a bad, that's a bad thing. It's a bad comment to say this time of year. The prices have gone up. I won't say. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, where are all those people coming? You know, where is all that demand coming from? It's one, the demand is, you know, people are you know, realizing they can do more things remotely. I don't think we're getting away from the fact that we still need face-to-face time. I mm-hmm. Clearly, you walk down 8th Ave and you can see, you know, when, when the world says that we could all go and have a beer with somebody, uh, you know, everybody was clamoring to do so. Um, and I don't think that that's going to stop. It'll be bloody interesting to see what happens during the Calgary Stampede um, and see how that, yes, that goes. You know, I saw... There was a, a some um, a piece about uh, you know what the recommendations are going to be for people at Stampede. Well, volunteers and staff have to wear face masks, but it said only uh, you know spectators. It's only recommended. So you know <laughs> that'll be interesting, right? Um, and this episode will probably air after the show, so it'll be interesting. By then, we'll know how it all happened. And yeah, I think that that's our next big kind of event of like, like let's see what like what goes on here. Do we have an outbreak afterwards? And can you imagine standing in that midway as a as a volunteer or or, or somebody working there, and it's thirty two degrees out, and you're wearing a mask all day? Oof, like again, and I empathize like the healthcare workers. Like that's not a new phenomenon. I'm just I'm just I'm really empathizing with that group of people right now. Yeah, but normally they work in air conditioned facilities, and they're not you know. Um you know, I mean, I, I think one of the grossest experiences of my last few months has been, uh, you know, helping coach a hockey team and, and somebody told me I have to wear a face mask while I'm on the ice and, you know, you try talking and yelling and, you know, doing this and that and, and the, the, the grossness of your face, like it's one thing to, it's the one thing to just, you know, like how that could be better for me than being, I mean, I'm 10, 20, 30 feet away from every one of these people. Like, I don't know how that could be better. So yeah, I, 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 yes. Let, let's not go down the, that. The, we're we're going to steer away from that soapbox because I can go on for quite a while about that. So. <laughs> yeah, kind of la- last question or last ish question. Uh, government, municipal, provincial, you know, let's not say federal. Let's just talk about local. Uh, any thoughts on are, are, are we, are they, are we, are we doing the right things to, to get out of the way of our companies to set us up for success, the right incentives, or I don't know, maybe even your thoughts on the role that, that government at, you know, local or, or provincial plays in, in helping us set up this economy for the future. Well, my first comment would be, I don't care who you are and what party you are from. You're not going to win in this time. So <laughs> Like that's just put that state out there, and 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 that's probably another big reason why sometimes the quality of the people that we get to run for these positions are low because you know the who wants to be ostracized. Who, who in their right mean? mind would want to sign up for getting stoned in front of the town square? Basically, <laughs> yeah. Like you know, it's 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 you know it's it's interesting. The uh, you know you see when um you know people sort of say things like and i and i don't disagree with them like bring back ralph well you know ralph klein was a fantastic mayor but he didn't have social media to deal with right? <laughs> no and, it might have been a bit of a different story if he did <laughs> right and 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 he he was an interesting character to say the least um but you know the microscope is so much higher now with with everybody being able to flail away and, and have an opinion about something that you know, like where's, where's, where's reasonable. And you know, everybody's, Oh, I got an opinion. It's like, it's like COVID. I got an opinion about that. Or I got an opinion about this. Like, where's just the middle? Like, where, like take, take the high road. Like, like that's a tough job. I don't care who, who you are. Like, like in every move they make, they get criticized. Like, you know, it's, 
it's it's one of the reasons why public companies are also you know it's harder and harder to recruit people to run public companies and why those pays have gotten that's, so much that's harder. A similar, yeah, it's a, it's a similar it's a similar situation that can happen in those environments depending how public how public you are as a public company. Right. So now the pay is really about how public you are, and and you know public people go well. I don't want to. You know, I have a friend that runs a public company, and he's like, you know. When 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 we when you could really just go out and golf and stuff, he says, "Well, I just don't want to be seen around other people. I don't want somebody to take a picture of it. I don't want to." I'm like, <laughs> really? Like, yeah, because he says, you know, telling my staff that they have to do this, but I don't want to be putting myself in a spot where somebody takes a picture of it and sends it out to the world, and somebody goes, "Hey, look at he's doing this." Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's happened. That. That's that's a real example you just used too multiple right. times. And I'm going like, this is awful. Like, like. So why would you want to subject yourself to that type of stuff? So anyway, so that's where I think it, it's just people have gone too far in terms of, you know, being able to put out a public opinion with without really thinking about how that impacts the person on the other side of it. And it's just all about me, me, me. I just want to tell everybody how smart I am or how stupid that guy is or like, and it's just it's awful. Like people have taken this too far. No, the polarization and even part of reason a little bit why I decided to do the show is like, well, let's have a long form conversation where we can actually explore a topic versus hearing a 10 second soundbite and then making that your opinion. It's just not an informed way. And, and it's just pushing. Uh, someone said to me, if you go far enough left and go far enough right, you're so extreme. You just end up coming around and touching in the middle anyways. I thought that was a good basically meaning that you're just, it just turns into rhetoric and it kind of goes nowhere if you push the boundaries. And uh, there is no middle ground anymore. That is, it's, it's extremes all the time. And you're right. I, I, it's not doing us any favors whatsoever because it, it moves nothing forward. It just makes everybody yell. It, everyone's yelling louder. <laughs> yeah. And like, so when's the last time you went to, you know, a social function or out for a beer or somebody and like, they just get so carried away and you're like, wow, do you really just say that? Like, <laughs> like wh wh why? Like, you know, like it's a public opinion about, you know, uh, minor hockey did this or they did that. Or I'm like, well, it, what did are you part of that? Like, did you put your hand up and say, "Hey, I'm willing to volunteer"? No, because you're going to get roasted just like you're roasting somebody. <laughs> so, like, that's why nobody yeah. wants to do it. And you're like, I understand completely why it's hard to get volunteers because you know it's uh, we've created this monster where people, you know, and it, and it and it doesn't matter about uh, you know salary brackets or where you live in the city or. Like people's just their 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 free speech has taken uh, such a turn that you know it doesn't even make any sense. No, when you talk about the role government plays, or you know, kind of back to well, what can they do? And they're so they spend so much time and energy deflecting all of these things we're talking about. It it, it seems very difficult to do anything of any substance or that's meaningful to move the economy forward or, or take or remove barriers or make things easier for companies to come into the province or whatever. Which are all the things if, if you want to boil it down to business. But when you're spending all this time deflecting the stones that are getting thrown at you, it's hard to accomplish. You know, back to sometimes I just need to put my head down and do some work. But oh, I'm getting attacked every time I turn around yeah well i well i'm not signing up for any political roles any anytime soon doesn't sound like you are either uh, jeff no no this is this is this is my political forum right here buddy <laughs> right on I, which is why i do like the podcast because guess what if someone wants to keep listening they can listen if they don't they can turn it off but you know this is the chat that we're, this is the chat that we're having 
Jeff, I really appreciate your time and your perspective today. And, 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 you know, I've known you for a long time and I know you guys do fantastic work and to, to give it more perspective to this conversation, which I think is very trendy right now, investing in VC and all of these terms, but boiling it, what I heard you loud and clear, boiling it right down to fundamentals, down to core business, knowing, like playing in the space that you understand, finding people you trust. So the theme of this is, you know, the basics are still all true is what I'm hearing loud and clear from you. Yeah. Yeah. Keep your stick on the ice. Don't get out <laughs> of your lanes. You know, it's, uh, and all those things that, you know, it's, it's horribly cliche ish, as I said before, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's very true. And, and uh, every time any of us and me included start to think, well, I, you know, we can, we can do something completely different. It's, uh, it never turns out that way and and uh, life just doesn't work that way so i heard something the other day i think it was in a, it might have been a tech speaker or something and it was basically like your next big thing is almost always the thing that you're actually working on right now <laughs> just remember that i was good advice i wrote it down cuz i'm like oh, i can get caught i can chase shiny things and it was it was really uh, yeah it landed home for me anyways it's kind of a sub theme but jeff what's the uh, what's the best way for people to reach out if they want to get a hold of veda have a chat with you guys connect with your team what's the uh, i'm sure they can find you online but what's uh, what's recommended for you yeah no uh, well obviously we're online um you know we have uh, kind of two arms of our business we have kind of the investor side of our business which is veda capital and then we have you know kind of the you know if you just want to sit down and have a chat and learn about you know other things and maybe some of these fundamentals uh, you know we have a whole another side of that that we launched recently called gold line partners and uh, you know, so, you know, obviously find us there as well. And, you know, we'd love to learn about your business and chat and, and, and see if we can add some value and help. And if we can't, um, no harm, no foul. It's a, it'd be just like this podcast. It's a, just a great way to connect and, and, and visit and, and uh, maybe, you know, we'll learn something about a business we don't know anything about and, and they'll have a chance to, uh, you know, get a high level view of how we might be able to help uh, add some value. So. Sounds, sounds like I, I, I appreciate the art of a good old fashioned chat. <laughs> well, you know, lots of times, you know, uh, we, we call them boomerang files, but you know, lots of times it's the first two chats or the first chat, you know, people leave and they go, oh, okay, well, I guess that makes sense. And then they think about it for a while and they come back and go, oh, you know, I thought about what you said and maybe there's some value in that. And then, you know, they'll come back or, you know, comes back around and sometimes it I, like, takes I, like those, the, I like the boomerang the comment yeah yeah so like sometimes it takes a few chats to figure out how we could or or, or what you think you need help in. and then and sometimes you know and we're the same you know what you think you need help in isn't exactly where you need your help it's a it's really truly getting those fundamentals fixed and 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 how do you understand them and then you know then the the you know painting that picture of how do you move this thing forward so i think that's that's really what I think we're trying to to depict in this new avenue is, you know, there's often people come in looking for an investor and they don't need one. Hmm. What they need is some guidance. They need a little bit of maybe how to rejig some things and, uh, and, and get to a spot where, uh, you know, they could be just normal bankable and, and that's a, that's something that, you know, that in itself would add a lot of value. If you can keep all your equity and not have to, you know, trade it away for your soul, um, <laughs> I, I think that there's a lot of value in that for, for lots of people. And I think that's one of the gaps in the world that we see over and over again is, one, this isn't ready and, and it's not investable yet, um, but, it, but it certainly could be and, and it has a great idea. It's got revenue, but it's missing some 
key pieces and how do we help you get that? And I think that's where we're starting to see some traction around it. Appreciate that. I had, a, I had a guest on the other day and he said, Hey, like I'm looking for companies to invest in, but he goes, as a company, your primary goal is to keep it all. You shouldn't, ha- you sh- your primary goal should be not to talk to me <laughs> or not to need to use me. And he says, I know that's counterintuitive, but he goes, let's remember like what you're really trying to do as an entrepreneur or a business owner or, 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 or a small ownership group. But Jeff, you and I could keep this going all day. It was awesome chatting with you. Good to, good to reconnect. And, uh, I really appreciate your advice, man. I really, I do love, let's say, hey, let's just take it back to basics kids. Let's just keep your, uh, again, keep your stick in your eyes. I'm going to say that a couple times. Jeff, have yourself a good weekend and thanks for the chat, my friend. That was awesome. All right, take care, Tyler.